Hi, I'm Brett Robinson. Welcome to the Redeeming Hope Podcast, where we share biblical truths that'll give you real hope. What is real hope? It's a hope that is relevant, energizing, authentic, and linked to Jesus. All right, so we've been speaking about following Jesus, and today I want to speak about the faith journey, so we're really continuing that same theme, because of course Jesus takes us in a journey as we follow him. But uh, before I get into the message, I thought I'd tell you a little uh, story. So this last week I traveled up to Joburg, and um, on one of the days I was up there, I had to go and meet someone, and the weather was cloudy on the way there, and I had my meeting And as the meeting finished, and it was time for me to return back to the office, the heavens opened and the rain started coming down. These were not small raindrops. These were large raindrops. And it seemed like um, the further I drove, the harder the rain came down. And so finally, it was absolutely bucketing down in a torrential downpour. But to make the journey even more interesting, I came to an intersection. And uh, as South Africans, we we know what load shedding is. (laughs) Load shedding means there's no power on the grid, which means the traffic lights are not working. This little intersection actually wasn't so little. There were about three lanes coming from multiple directions. And everyone was convinced that they were the ones that needed to be going through the intersection at the same time, that their journey was perhaps more important, more urgent than the car to their left, to their right, in front and behind. Yeah, standing in the middle of the intersection, which has really got my attention, was a guy who honestly looked like a homeless man, but he had one of these yellow hazard vests on, like the car guards wear, and there he stood, in the middle of this large intersection, with rain pouring down torrentially, directing the traffic like this was where he was meant to be in life. He had an appointment, he had reason, he had purpose, he had authority, and despite him clearly not being officially appointed by the city of Joburg, he was actually doing a pretty good job. And I couldn't help, as I sat safely in my dry van looking at this guy, feel a sense of admiration for him because he was surely not being paid to do it. He had just taken it upon himself, and there he was, and just when I thought, it's amazing how everyone is responding to this guy, who's a homeless guy, really, and he really doesn't have any authority to be doing it, and everyone's just kind of appreciating the fact that he's there, and he's actually really helping everyone, then you have to get one. You know the person I'm talking about. Everything is kind of working. Everyone is kind of recognizing this is a difficult situation and we're all just being considerate of the next person, taking our turn, but this is the one guy. He puts his hand up to stop the guy turning, to allow the next, you know, line of cars to begin, but not this oak. He almost runs the guy over in his determination to make it through the intersection before it's closed for his, you know, his lane to go. And it got me thinking a little bit about the journeys that we take in life, the intersections that we go through in life. So today we're speaking about the faith journey. And I want to provoke your thinking with 
this statement. That I believe as Christians, we have to stop being destination Christians and rather be Christians on a faith journey with heavenly destination. Now I know the difference may seem subtle, so here are some pointers. A destination Christian is just trying to hold on long enough to escape this earth and finally make it to heaven. A destination Christian is more about living to survive than learning to thrive. A destination Christian is so distracted by the future that they miss the opportunities of the present. And lastly, a destination Christian is more need-minded than seed-minded. By contrast, a Christian on a journey of faith holds on to the promises of God's word until the unseen becomes seen, lives with the heart full to overflowing with a living hope, is always ready in season and out of season to give a testimony for the hope that they have and about the goodness of God. A Christian on a journey of faith always weathers the storms of life, Note that I didn't say they never go through any storms, like me on that rainy day. <laughs> but they always weather the storms of life because their feet are planted on the rock who is Christ. And lastly, a Christian on a journey of faith, because they are seed-minded, they give freely because they recognize that heaven is their source. It's a beautiful passage, very well known, written by the Apostle Paul, talking about the journey that we're all on. And I'd like to read for you from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 from the Message Bible. You've all been to the stadium and seen the athletes race. Everybody runs, one wins. Run to win. All good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You're after one that's gold eternally. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everyone else all about it, and then missing out myself. So Paul gives us an example of an admirable spirit of faith that will not only sustain us, but I believe will motivate us and cause us to thrive and do well in life, even despite opposition and difficulties. As believers, we're not here to hang on and endure until one day we eventually escape the earth and arrive in heaven. <laughs> God calls us to run the race to win. We've got to develop a mindset that causes us to run the race of life in such a way as to bring honor to God. But as I considered some of the heroes of faith throughout the Bible and what they went through, I realized that many of the amazing things that God did for those heroes of faith and some of the trials that they went through were not their final destination. They are events that happened on their faith journey on the way to their destination. Let's consider a few people. And um, maybe I'm sure you've all played word association games. If I say Noah, what do you think of? The ark. 
Well, did you know that the ark was not Noah's final destination? It was simply God's vehicle to get him through the flood to Mount Ararat to start a new life. His destination was to raise a God-fearing family who served and honored the Lord. The ark is what happened along the way. It was a vent on the way to his destination. How about Elijah? If I say Elijah, what comes to mind for most people? Carmel. A tremendous victory that was won against the prophets of Baal. But Elijah's destination was not the victory atop Carmel, where he called down fire from heaven. Now, that was certainly, I'm sure we can all agree, a really significant event. But it was after that, after a journey throughout the desert where God supernaturally sustained him, that he met one-on-one -on -one with God. It was here, far from the crowd and the critics, that God hid him in the cleft of the rock as he passed by in order to reveal himself to Elijah. Carmel was what happened along the way to Elijah meeting with God. How about David? Most of us are going to say Goliath. <laughs> but David's destination was not to defeat Goliath in battle. Although that was a great victory, it was just a doorway into the next phase of the journey of David's life as God prepared him to become king. The showdown with Goliath was what happened along the way. <laughs> Sometimes what we think is our destination is simply a stepping stone, a transition into the next chapter of what God has in store for us. Goliath, on the other hand, thought he was the end of the road for David. But God saw this arrogant giant, this enemy of Israel, as a stepping stone to promote David. Let me ask you a question, though. Do you have challenges that loom large over you like Goliath? Large, loud, and proud. Just like Goliath shouted at the Israelites and taunted them, do those challenges and circumstances seem to shout at you? How dare you? Who do you think you are to take me on? Don't you know who I am? I'll flatten you like a pancake. <laughs> when we take on those giants with hearts full of faith, God will turn those mountains into molehills and they will become simply a stepping stone of opportunity into the next chapter of what God has in store for you and me. How about Joseph? When Joseph was young, he must have thought that his destination was the coat of many colors that his father gave him. It set him apart. There was no one else who had a coat like it. He thought, look at me. I must be special. I've arrived. I've got favor. I've got status. However, the coat led to a dream, which led to telling his brothers a story, which led to a pit, which led to slavery, which led to a job, which led to promotion, which led to prison, which led to a palace and to a larger promotion. And finally, to provision and to reconciliation with his family. The coat wasn't his destination. It was a test that happened along the way. Do you have victories that maybe made you feel like, I finally arrived. 
I've made it. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm doing all right. Well, the Bible teaches that even our greatest talents and achievements should be laid at the feet of Jesus as an act of worship. And I won't read the whole passage, but in Revelations chapter 4 and verses 10 onwards, it talks about those in the throne room of heaven itself, who as an act of worship take their crowns off and lay them on the ground at the feet of Jesus as an act of worship. What lessons then can we learn from Joseph? Well, the first lesson is this. The key to moving on to your next season is obedience in your current season. Sometimes we're in such a rush to move on, to move over that mountain, past that giant, that we become impatient, that we become frustrated. But impatience and frustration will never lead to promotion. Look at someone next to you and say, okay, that was good. <laughs> if we're going to be promoted into the next season of what God has got for us, we have to, like Joseph, keep a pure heart and keep our eyes on God. The next lesson from the life of Joseph is, don't let the obscurity of your current circumstances dull your faith. Joseph found himself from a position of highly favored son to thrown into a pit and then sold into slavery, sent to unjustly to prison, and there in the dark obscurity of prison, no one would have blamed him for feeling completely lost and falling into despair. But there's something alive in Joseph's heart. It's the seed of faith. And the seed of faith begins to grow and he begins to minister to those around him. As he ministers to those around him, it leads to a door opening and God begins to promote Joseph. Faith throws open doors of opportunity that otherwise would never have appeared. If Joseph had just gone, well, I'm lost, I'm done for, everyone's forgotten about me, this is my lot in life, what good is it going to do to be thankful? What good is it going to do to talk about God? God must have forgotten about me. Joseph would surely have stayed in that prison, perhaps for the rest of his days. But faith made a way. So the next lesson we can learn from Joseph is that God is not limited by your current circumstances, position, title, or status. The next thing that we can learn from Joseph's difficult circumstances is that seeds grow best in compost. You might be going, huh? What are you talking about? Well, compost is made with organic, organic matter that is old and rotting. It's the stuff that is thrown away. And the lesson we can learn from that is faith thrives in adversity. Adversity isn't necessarily a sign that your faith is weak. It's an opportunity to look to Jesus and stir up your faith. When the world is dark, the light of faith shines even more brightly. Do you know that seeds are planted in the dark? You make a hole in the ground, you drop the seed in, and you cover it up. And it's in the dark underneath the soil that the seed begins to germinate 
and something miraculous begins to happen and that seed begins to grow. And when we feel like we're in the dark and the seed of faith is alive in our hearts and we water it with God's word and his promises, we water it with thanksgiving, we water it by honoring God, something miraculous begins to happen in the hidden place of our lives where we think no one else sees us. No one else knows what we're going through. God causes life to spring up until it punches through the top of that soil and a green shoot appears. And God can cause tremendous fruitfulness to result. The lesson for us is, if you're sitting in the dark, let your light shine. As you look to God and you water the seeds of hope that he's placed in your heart, and you begin to, regardless of how your circumstances look, regardless how you feel, you begin to call on the name of the Lord and you begin to worship him. You begin to honor God and you choose to do what you can with what God has placed in your hand. You begin to faithfully minister to those around you, to speak a word of hope, a word of encouragement, to pat someone on the back, to take someone by the hand, to give someone a meal, to walk a road with someone, that God begins to do something miraculous, something wonderful. You see, the difficult circumstances that you and I are in are not our final destination. They are simply a stepping stone of opportunity that will take us into the next season of our lives as we look to God. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. I pray that the message of God's word will build your faith and develop a hope that is so strong it's like an anchor for your soul. Go ahead and subscribe and why not share the message with a friend?